This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Trap Podcast. In this edition, we will be talking about transfers again. Uh, we will be discussing all things Tottenham Hotspur and Postacoglu's coaching staff have now been announced. We will be talking about our new goalkeeper, Vicario. Uh, that deal has been announced officially by the football club today. Uh, the Harry Kane situation, is he on the verge of leaving for German club? By Munich. Spurs are now in talks with James Madison. Personal terms agreed. Daniel Levy is on the case. And could Harry Winks be leaving to join Leicester City? We will also be discussing Clement Longley as Spurs are close to getting a deal done for him. I've got three very special guests as normal. We've got channel regular Josh back with us. Josh, how are you? Very good. Yeah, looking forward to uh, chatting today. A lot has happened today, to be fair. So we've got a lot to cover. Uh, in the Spurs world, world. so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we have we have got a lot to get through, and uh, I said this uh, off air, Josh, because uh, things were meant to be winding down, and uh, there is just Tottenham news galore. Certainly has been today. We've also got uh, Channel regular Craig Dearman back with us. Craig, how are you? Yeah, not bad, Chris. Not bad. As you say, it's been a very very busy few days. Um, uh, things seem to be uh, heating up. So to speak, which is great because we need to get some business done in and out before the uh, before the preseason tour kicks off in a couple of weeks. So uh, good to see the club are doing doing stuff, and um, let's get into it. Let's get into it, indeed. We've also got Lee the Dorset Spur of us, of course, YouTuber, Tottenham YouTuber Lee. How are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Happy to be back. Been a while. It has indeed. Lee, before we get into it, tell everyone about your wonderful YouTube channel, what people can expect if they go over and subscribe. Well, you get to sit, me, see me sitting in my garden with my shirt off. So all you only fans out there getting a sneak preview. Uh, yeah, no, I just, uh, you know me, Chris, I just do the normal stuff of uh, voicing my opinion. I'm not a, a regular YouTube millionaire like yourself. I just kind of put videos out when I feel like I've got something to say. Um, so yeah, yeah, just a, the normal ranting and moaning of a of a middle aged man going through his changes. Well, when you cover all of the Tottenham news, Lee, there is certainly a lot to talk about, and uh, it all kicked off today because, of course, we have announced our new goalkeeper, um, Lee. Let's uh, let's start the show with you. Um, of course, Tottenham Hotspur earlier today, Vicario joins from Empoli. We're delighted to announce the signing of 
Guillermo uh, Vicario from Empoli, subject to international clearance and a work permit. The Italy international has signed a contract with the club that will run until 2028 and will wear the number 13 shirt. Interestingly, in the club's official statement, it said a commanding goalkeeper with the ability to play out from the back, an athletic shot stopper. Um, he spent two years with Empoli, making a total of 71 appearances in all competitions. Lee, how are you feeling about this signing, our new goalkeeper? Um, listen, I, I, I'm one of these uh, pragmatic kind of person. So if this is a player that the manager wanted, then I'm OK with it. right? And I know there's lots of speculation about David Rea and there is too much money and all that kind of stuff. But for me, I, I just think, listen, he's a young enough goalkeeper. We know the position needs to be strengthened. We don't know what's happening with uh, with Hugo. I mean, if he's going, he's going or whatever. But if he's going, that's fine. If we're getting someone in, someone with a bit more quality, um, who's going to take us forward, can play with his feet, which is something that we've always complained uh, around Hugo. Um, then for me, it's a, it's a positive move, right? You, you get the get the signing done, get it done early enough that he can bed in with his teammates. Um, and I've seen some seen some quotes from. From his dad saying that that Postacoglu spoke to him on the phone, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But if that's true and and he's he's keen on the signing, then for me it's a good it's a good move. I, you know, we we see where it takes us. Um, and I know all these people talking about, you know, whether it's good business or bad business, or whether he's the number one target or not the number one target or whatever. I don't think any of us really know that. I think a lot of that's all paper talk. Um, and agents and that kind of stuff. So the club signed him. He's our player now. So we've got to get behind him and, and see how he comes up. If he comes up and plays really well, fair play. If, if he bombs, then we'll call it out, won't we? But, I mean, we've got to give him time to, to bed in, settle and, and see where it takes us from there. But I'm happy that we've got a, we've got a, a new goalkeeper in because I think it's a position we've, we've needed probably for a couple of years now. Um, and that gives us someone for the future rather than just a backup to Hugo. We've now got someone who's, who's taking that position as it would seem. Lee, have you watched many clips of Vicario? Have you been impressed? Uh, only I've only seen the bits and pieces that people post. I, like I've said to you off air, I, I, I tend to try to stay away from all this kind of stuff in, in terms of transfers and getting too excited about it. I mean, we had all that with the manager, didn't we? You know, one minute it's, it's Pochettino, then it's Arna Slot, and then it's this one and that one. And we all, it all gets built up and you throw your eggs into that basket only to be let down. So for me, until they're holding up the shirt and it's come official from the club, I try to stay away as, as much as I can. But I have seen lots of lots of clips of different saves he's made and all the rest of it. And he looks a competent keeper to me. So, you know, I can only I can only wait and see how he plays for Tottenham because, you know, you can make anyone look good in a, in a show reel, can't you? You know, we've, we've seen that plenty of times uh, where yeah. someone comes across and looks really, really good and competent. And then they turn out and turn out to be a pile of poo. So, you, you know, you, you kind of have to take it and, and see what really happens on the day, I guess. Well, Lee, you, you touched on this. Vicario's father actually came out and said a week ago he had a video call with his new coach and Postacoglu. They spoke in English and the coach told him that uh, he had chosen him because he worked his way uh, up just like him. The coach was impressed to see him uh, that he already knows English. And the player has come out and said, it is a dream for me to be here. Josh, what do you make of uh, the signing of uh, Vicario? Well, personally, I don't, I don't really know much about him. 
Uh, I think like a lot of Tottenham fans, like, I don't think many of us watch Empoli in Italy. Uh, but it does seem like a positive signing. It seems like the recruitment that we're making is more statistics-based, more evidence-based, not just signing these big names that have failed in the past, but going for someone who actually fits into a system and someone who the manager exactly wants. Like you just said there, the manager wants this keeper who, who kind of reflects the same uh, thinking and mindset as him, this attacking keeper that he wants and, and someone who's really going to fit in with his system. I think that's really important. Instead of signing some some big name, like we've had the Lacelsos and the Undombeles, which has just been a complete disaster. Um among others, uh, so yeah, I'm 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 feeling more positive as time goes on. To be quite honest, uh, when I first heard about it, I was a bit kind of apprehensive, a bit nervous. Like Lee said, I'd, I would personally uh, rather have David Rea. I think he's prem proven, great keeper. We've all seen what he's he's done. Everyone knows what he's capable of. I wouldn't mind having him as my goalkeeper at Tottenham at all. Um, but if that if this is who Big Ange wants then we've got to back him. Like He's our manager at the end of the day, and if he if he fails, it is what it is. But I, I, I wish him all the success, to be fair. And the only thing that worries me is, obviously, we've had Hugo for such a long time, and he's become such a, a mainstay at Tottenham Hotspur. And this change, just having a bit of change and bringing in a, a younger keeper, even though he's not too young, he's 26, which is kind of young for a keeper, but he's not like mega young. Um, it does worry me. Just worries me a little bit. I hope we've made the right decision because the keeper is one of the most important uh, positions in the side. And we have got him kind of on the cheap. Like most teams, their keeper's not worth 20 mil. Like they're they're, they're going to be worth much more than that. Like Brentford wanted 40 mil for David Rea. Um, so I hope we made the right decision. From what I've seen, he looks like an attacking keeper and he's going to fit in our system. So yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm feeling more positive, Chris. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I think if it was my choice, I would like David Raya to come in um, purely for the Premier League experience. You know exactly what you're going to get. Um, I was going to ask you um, about um, adapting to the English Premier League from Serie A because he even um, he's done a short interview. It came out um, a short while ago from Tottenham Hotspur, and he said those exact words: "I need to adapt quickly." He also said um, Spurs are one of the biggest teams in the UK. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, they were my first choice. I'm so excited. Uh, the coach told me that the goalkeeper is important to his system. I hope to make a lot of saves. But going back to adapting to the Premier League, Josh, um, how different do you think it is from Serie A to playing in the Premier League for a goalkeeper? Well, we saw from... Gallini, he really struggled, didn't he? He came over from Italy and he, he really struggled. From what I've seen on YouTube, like a lot of us, I'm sure, have watched of Vicario, he seems quite erratic as a goalkeeper. I've seen quite a few videos. I think there's a one going around where he kind of gets a lot of shots shot at him and he has to save a load and he parries it into the into the danger area. I feel like if, if you do that in the Premier League, you're going to get punished more than in Serie A. Um, so... We'll just have to wait and see how he adapt, adapts. And if he's got the talent, I'm sure he will adapt. And if he fits in the system, <laughs> then I'm sure he will too. But we all know that the Premier League is so much more different than uh, all these other leagues, especially Italy. But then you look at players on uh, in other positions on the pitch and look how well Bentenker adapted and how well Kulusevski adapted. So we can only help. Uh, we can only hope that 
Vicario comes in and he's and he can get bedded in really fast. What I thought was really interesting with the club statement that they don't normally do is they actually said a commanding goalkeeper with the ability to play out from the back. They don't normally describe a player how how they play or how they are. Um, Craig, what what do you make of this signing? You pleased? Um, I look. You got. I think trust the the fact that Poster Cogler is obviously, um, like I said before, he's he's been involved in this, hasn't he? And he said that he wants this guy, or he's happy with this guy. So my my choice was Raya. I thought that one was definitely going to get done and over the line. But to be honest, it was a lot of money. I know there'd be fans saying, "Just pay it, just pay it." So Forty million. If they weren't budging on the forty million. That is a lot for a goalkeeper in the last year of his contract. And looks like he's probably going to be staying at Brentford now. And he'll probably, you'll probably have an unhappy keeper there because he's probably got that he didn't get a chance to move to Spurs by the sound of it. Um, like everyone else, I've watched the clips of him on YouTube. The triple save, magnificent triple save, as he's touted. Obviously, the first one wasn't a magnificent save, but the follow-up was magnificent. It was absolute cat-like reflexes. And the third one, where his leg was in the air, um, any part of your body will stop it going over the line. So I haven't really seen much more than that. I've seen the highlight reel, but as we've said before, everybody can look good on a highlight reel. Uh, but I think this kid's got something about him. I do. Um, I do like a goalkeeper that will take the odd risk because I think we've had Hugo, when he has taken risks, they haven't really uh, come off sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't like the goalkeeper messing around with it and trying to beat players like Rena Hagita used to do, don't get me wrong. But I think he's going to be good with his feet from what I can see. Um, when people say a good shot stopper, well, that's kind of a keeper's job, isn't it, to stop shots? So I've never quite understood that, even though I've used the thing myself. But he is, uh, he seems to be quite agile, quick across the ground. Um, let's face it, Hugo's been a magnificent servant to the club. Um, I hope he gets a good send-off. It's a bit gutting for the fans. Probably, It would have been nice to be able to clap him off in a game uh, and just show the appreciation because even though he's fallen off a cliff perhaps this season, he has been magnificent for us on the whole. I'm sure he's won us more points than lost over the years. So it's a shame, but things move on and this is part of the rebuilding process. As long as we've got a strong defence in front of the kid, um, then I've got good feelings about him. I think I think it could be a, a good turning point to have a keeper like this because that's the game that Postacoglu wants to play and that's the game he prefers to play. And let's face it, that's the sort of game we want to see our keeper play now. So let's hope he does okay. I think we've got to be patient with him. He's going to make mistakes, but um, he's going to adapt, take a while to adapt to the Premier League, um, like a lot of players, especially keepers, because that's it's a totally different speed of of game in the Premier League to what he's been used to but I'm sure he'll be fine and um, for the price if he's if he's half decent I would say I think that's pretty good pretty good deal I'm sure he's going to be a good signing Chris Craig do you read much into the fact that he has got the squad number 13 because there seems to be a lot <laughs> of people asking that question on Twitter at the moment why has he not come in as number one if Hugo Lloris is leaving and uh, just on Hugo Lloris as well I think it's it would be a great shame if Hugo Lloris does end up leaving because his last 45 minutes in a Spurs shirt would have been that first half at Newcastle when we were 5-0 down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is sad. Um, I'm sure the club will do something if he leaves. I'm sure they will. But, yeah, giving him Michel Vaughan's number, that's an interesting one. 
But, you know, I think they've got up until a certain point to be able to change squad numbers. So if Hugo does go, then presumably he's going to be given number one shirt. So they've still got time to change that, I believe. So I don't know what date they've got to submit their numbers by. And let's face it, Manchester United changed the number seven shirt. They took it from Cavani and gave it to Ronaldo after the time you're supposed to. So there are ways around these things. So I wouldn't read too much into that. I think it's the fact um, they're just giving him a vacant squad number for now, perhaps a holding number. Remember Gareth Bow had number nine in a pre-season until he was given 11. So um, I think it's just the fact giving him a number. Personally, I wouldn't want 13. It's not, not that I'm that superstitious. It's just I don't like the number 13. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that. Lee, let's come to you. Now, some breaking news earlier today. Uh, the Athletic broke the story. Bayern Munich have made a formal bid to Tottenham. £70 million Euros plus add-ons for Tottenham Hotspur striker and England captain Harry Kane. Sky Sports later on uh, said that Tottenham are yet to receive an official bid from Bayern Munich. And if they do, it will be rejected. The Standard have just stated that Harry Kane is ready to join Spurs if the clubs can agree a fee. Harry Kane is ready to, to agree personal terms to join Bayern Munich. Uh, they have also stated that Tottenham have told Harry Kane he isn't available for a transfer this summer. Uh, CBS have stated that uh, Tottenham will not sell Harry Kane under £100 million. Fabrizio Romano has stated uh, that Spurs won't accept that kind of fee that Bayern Munich have apparently offered. Sky Germany have stated that Bayern Munich uh, will prepare a new offer now uh, to Tottenham uh, for Harry Kane. Um, it's clear that he wants to join them. And the Athletic have just stated that Daniel Levy has no desire to let Harry Kane leave Spurs, but the player has spoken to Thomas Tuchel and he's ready to join Bayern Munich. And uh, the German club are optimistic. What do you make of it? What do you believe? Do you think Harry Kane will be a Spurs player at the start of next season? You know what? All, all of that that's all just been said, that just says to me that none of them know their arse from their elbow, to be honest. And they're all just making it up just for clicks clicks and likes and advertising and that. I, you know, I, like I said before, until he's standing there with a Bayern Munich shirt in his hand, I'm not going to believe it, you know. I, I For me, I, I honestly don't believe that the club want to sell him, number one. I think it would take a massive amount of money to give up, uh, you know, the England captain, you know, uh, top goal scorer for England, top goal scorer for your for your club, pivotal to the way your clubs run, potentially captain next season. That you're just gonna just gonna bend over and uh, because because uh, uh, some German club come along and give him a shiny trophy, which they win every year anyway. Uh, you know, for, for me, I just for me, I just think there's more to it than that, I, and. And the one thing that kind of sticks with me a little bit, I, I, I've always talked about Alan Shearer and, and, and his legacy as a player, right? But he was actually on one of those um, question things. You know, when they ask a question and, you know, who's the best player you've played with, blah, blah, blah. And the last question they asked him was, um, goals or trophies? That was the last question they asked him, right? And for a guy that's always trying to sell Harry Kane and telling him to move on, he actually said, goals, I'm paid to score goals. Right. So so for me, that that kind of says everything. I, I, I honestly don't believe the club want to sell him. I I'm sure he probably wants to win some silverware to shut everybody up. But it seems to me like it's a bigger deal for everybody else than it is for him. And it is for the club. I think 
with with the Mourinho and and Conte stuff, I think that was the the club trying to get that trophy just to get it out of the way to, to stop people going on about it. Um, and I think now it's about getting back to to what we we really need to do and so on. And I think to let Kane go would be a ridiculous situation. The the money you're going to earn if you get back into the Champions League, which we won't have any chance of doing without Harry Kane, to be fair. Um, I, I think there's so much at stake. And I think all the while they've got him, they're hoping that they can convince him to commit for a longer term, de- depending on how things go next season. So I, I, I just think it's clickbait, made up stories, just, just the way it is. And, and, and until he's old enough to buy a Munich shirt, I won't believe it. And I'm sorry, that's a bit of a ramble, but hopefully I answered the question. So, so you do think Harry Kane will be a Spurs player at the start of next season, Lee? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I, unless, unless something major happens, like some massive, ridiculous bid comes in. I mean, you're talking about Declan Rice going to Arsenal for £90 million in the last year of his contract. And yet we're saying €70 million Euros for Harry Kane. <laughs> Who's making that up? You know, where's that coming from? Someone's talking out their arse there. Everyone's got a price, Lee. Yeah, what do you think? What, what do you think the price is? What do you think the price is that if a bid came in, that Tottenham and Daniel Levy uh, feel that we just simply cannot turn this down? What is it? Um, it's a great question. It really is a great question, and and no one apart from them really knows the answer to that. But I've got in my head, I would put, if it was me and I was sat there. It would have to be over 120 million for me to even consider looking anywhere near it. Because if you can get back to the champions, you're looking at 100 million, right? So, so you've got to be, they've got to be looking at over that kind of that kind of figure to, to get anywhere, to even get them to the table, I would have thought. But even me, me personally, I still wouldn't sell it for 120 million. But I think, you know, 120 million has got to be somewhere near where, you, where you've got to start start having conversations if that's even a, a thing. Lee, you touched on there about Harry Kane possibly uh, signing a new contract. If that was to happen at Tottenham, what needs to happen at the club for Harry Kane to feel confident going forward that he wants to remain at the football club? I think he, I think he needs, to, uh, needs to know that the club's going in the right direction, in the direction that he wants it to go in. You know, I mean, we got so far, we've gone so far. And don't forget, you know, Harry Kane's had opportunity. Let's not, you know, let's not paint it like it, uh, like something fancy. I mean, he's had opportunity to win trophies at Tottenham, right? Um, so it's not like he's been, you know, languishing at mid-table for the whole of his career. He's had opportunities in there. And there's no reason why, with the right kind of rebuild and the right kind of structure, that we couldn't get back to that with the right sort of investment as well. So for me, I think Harry Kane's got to look at it and go, what, what do I want out of this? Where do I want to go? Is, is this good for my career? Am I still going to be England captain? You know, that, that's a key thing. I think he wants to, do, wants to continue doing that. He's still young enough to add to that goal tally and so on um, and break even more records. Um, but I think if, he, if, it's, if it was all just about trophies, you know, then, then he'd, have left, you know, he'd have taken any opportunity. You know, but I, I, I personally think that, that that Harry is a Tottenham man, and if he can be convinced that we're going in the right direction, I think he potentially would sign another contract. But he's got to see the right sort of investment and the right kind of players coming in um, to not have his head turned. 
Josh, let's come to you on the same question. Roy Price writes here that he thinks it is all just media clickbait uh, with the Harry Kane story. Now, there are some very reliable sources today, uh, particularly uh, the Standard, Sky and The Athletic, um, all stating that Bayern Munich are now lining up another bid uh, for Harry Kane. Do you think that Harry Kane wants to go to Munich, wants to go and win trophies with the, uh, with the German club? I'm sure he wants to win silverware, but I'm not sure what kind of meaning. Not to be disrespectful to Bayern Munich or the Bundesliga, but I don't think that carries any meaning to Harry Kane. I don't. I think that's what the media want you to believe: is that he's so desperate, as this, indiv- this desperate individual to win some kind of silverware after being kind of, I don't know, like he hasn't been able to win anything at Tottenham, has he? So he's. He's starving for silverware. I don't think that's the case. I mean, he's been a very successful footballer individually, just like Lee said, with the goals and Alan Shearer. He's so close to that to that Premier League record. And I think it'd just be just I think it's irrational of him to leave now, him being so close and him coming out I think today I saw on online that he wants to play until he's nearly forty. I mean, he's yeah. gonna smash that record. And if if like Alan Shearer said at the end of the day, as a nine up front, as a striker, goals are very, very important. And that record is is significant. And I think that Premier League all-time goal-scoring record means a lot to Harry Kane. I think that's what, that is a, as a personal individual target for him. Because he's always, he's always said about his individual kind of things that he's done, winning golden boots, etc. I don't think moving to Bayern Munich would be a very good idea for Harry Kane, in all and honesty. And I think it's actually... From what I've seen online, again, I think it's actually disrespectful of Bayern Munich to offer £60 million. I mean, the exchange rate between pounds and euros is 0.85. 70 million euros is £60 million. Offering 60 mil for Harry Kane, are they mad? I think it's actually insane, to be honest. They can offer another bid. But I think, like I've seen online, again, to say the same thing, I think that will just insult Daniel Levy and actually just make him annoyed. And he's he's just going to get more entrenched and 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 not want to sell him and 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 want to keep him even more. The only thing that worries me is that obviously he's got one year left on his contract. It gets to next summer if he stays, he's going to go on a free. If if we're not moving forward in a positive direction under Ange, and that would be pretty bad. Uh, losing Harry Kane on a free, not getting anything for him. But maybe that is just the, the the way that we have to part because we cannot afford, as Lee said, we can't afford to lose Harry Kane. I mean, it'll be we've got no chance of getting anywhere better than what we did this year without Harry Kane. He's so integral to this Tottenham team. He scored so many goals this season, even though he played, to be quite honest, crap. I mean, we can't lose him. And even if we if we sold him this year, how are you gonna how are you gonna get someone to replace Harry Kane? He's two a hundred million player, uh, pound players. He's a playmaker. He's a he's a striker. We'd have to make some big 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 signings to replace Harry Kane. And it it could be like a Gareth Bale situation where we end up making a few signings and only a few of them work and most of them don't. I mean that was a a bit of a disaster. Um, so, I don't know. My opinion, to answer your question, Chris, is that I don't see him going to Bayern Munich. I, I really don't. Maybe in, in, at the end of his career, and he, and, he, and he still hasn't won any silverware, and it's coming to the end of his career, but Harry Kane is in his prime, he's, and he's not leaving for Bayern Munich this summer. That's my opinion. 
With the Premier League record, Josh, I completely agree with you. But when you said, and it's been said in the media so often, and of course Harry Kane has said it, uh, playing until uh, he's nearly 40 years old, he's 29 at the moment. He could go off to somewhere like Bayern Munich or abroad, go and win a couple of trophies, come back and then break the Premier League record. Is there a worry about that? And what price do you want uh, if Harry Kane was to leave? What price would you accept? Because he could walk away for nothing next summer. Yeah, well, as I said, he, he can. And that is worrying. You've got to kind of balance up. Is it is it is it worth accepting 100 mil or taking 100 mil? Because that would be my price. I think, I think that's a fair price, 100 million pounds. And I think probably Daniel Levy would would probably go for that as well. I think that's a rational price. With what with a year on his contract, 100 mil is is an overinflated price for Harry Kane. Um with one year on his contract. Uh but I think I'd take that. I, I even though Lee says 120, I think 100 million pounds is a fair price for a player with one year on their contract like Harry Kane, a world-class player, one of the best out there if not the best striker in the world. Um I just can't see him going for anything more than that. And I don't think Bayern Munich, from what I've seen again online, they've never paid massive, massive bucks and money for for players. And I just can't see him dropping 100 mil just like that this summer. Um, I I read an article saying that that it's like really against their club philosophy to spend huge on on players, especially with one year on their contract. Because at the end of the day, it's going to, if he does leave in next summer, it's going to be a complete, Fist fight of all the top European clubs coming for Harry Kane. I mean, what club wouldn't want him? And if he's going on a free, he's literally going to be like a feeding frenzy of all these Euro- top European clubs going for him. So I don't know. I, I just can't see it. But if they offered like a hundred mil, I'm sure Daniel Levy would pick up the phone. I, I don't think he's going to pick up the phone for anything less than a hundred million British pounds. Josh, if Harry Kane was your best friend and you weren't a Tottenham fan, what would you say to him? I was actually, I was thinking about this earlier, Chris. I, I, it's, it's difficult because when you're a fan, of course you want Harry Kane to stay. And you, I don't want to see him leave because you know what that will do to the side and what that will do to the fan base and how that make us feel like we've lost an integral part of our side. But as Harry Kane, I can empathise with his frustration. I mean, he must be absolutely fuming. Like, he, like although Lee, I agree with what Lee, Lee said again, he's had the opportunities, many, many, many opportunities to win trophies at Tottenham, that Champions League final, so many FA Cups, Carabao Cup semis, and he's just, yeah. every single time it's, it's, it's not worked. So you can't just say, oh, Kane's, Kane's not had the chance to win a trophy at Spurs. He's, he's, he's got to have the platform now to go on and, and win the biggest trophies in football because he's, he's literally had that, that platform at Tottenham. Um, and and it hasn't worked out, but that's a team. That's a team. Um, that's a team issue. You can't blame it all on Harry Kane. That would be naive. Um, but if I was Harry Kane's best friend, of course you're going to just say, "Look, mate, that you've got players who are not as talented as you winning trophies, winning the treble." I mean, there's players in that Man City team who are nowhere near as talented as Harry Kane, and you see them winning, winning three trophies this year and that did that I can imagine and sense his frustration saying that because he deserves that as an individual and I can there's there's gonna be that fire in his belly that's gonna say look I want that and I'm not getting that at Tottenham and I'm gonna have to search elsewhere. Yeah. So maybe in the future 
he might. I just can't. I can't tell. It's 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 a nightmare of Harry Kane because it seems like it's been like this for quite a few summers now, and you just don't know what's going to happen, and every single day is different. So it just. I don't know. It's just a nightmare, Chris. But of course, there's going to be so much speculation because he's, of course he's going into the last year of his contract. Uh, I just wanted to read out a, a quote from Pep Guardiola uh, a couple of months back. It was far from being done uh, for Harry Kane because Tottenham were clear it was never going to happen. And uh, Ben Jacobs, uh, journalist with CBS Sports, uh, is actually going to be on the channel on Thursday. Do check that out. Um, he has just said Bayern will improve their offer for Harry Kane. Uh, but have been given no encouragement from Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham are in near auto-rejection mode. It's going to take 80 to £85 million pounds plus add-ons to potentially change that. But even then, Daniel Levy is in no mood to sell Harry Kane. Craig, what do you make of all these stories? I, I just think, <clears throat> regardless, I think Daniel Levy, I think you get the name on there, I think Daniel Levy's just got his out-of-office assistant on to any emails and he says, if your query is about Harry Kane, then he's not for sale. I think basically, I think that's basically it. I don't think you need to see anything. I think obviously there's interest in him. And generally that means you've got an half-decent player in your hands. If people wouldn't buy him, it's always going to be speculation in the window, no matter who it is. And Harry Kane's always going to have suitors, especially with a year left on these contracts. These teams are coming in to chance their arm. You know, that's basically what they're doing. Of course they're going to want him. There's going to be interest in him. But... To be honest, it's frankly an insult, that offer from Bayern Munich today, If, that, if it, even if it was real. It's, it's a bloody insult. You know, the guy's worth at least double that. And if he had three or four years left on his contract, you're looking at a £200 million player. But let's face facts. If Neymar went for £198 million, I can't remember if it was euros or pounds, but at that price, it don't really matter. It's way above anything I'd have. But, you know, you've got to look at it, uh, how much Harry Kane is worth to the club. At the moment, for this coming season, if we get in the Champions League, then he's kind of done his job. And if, even if we've got 100 million for him, we get that back next season anyway. Personally, I don't think he's going to be for sale at any price unless he's something absolutely ridiculous. And I'm talking 150 plus straight up front without these payments over time. If somebody come in and said 150 million there, I know that don't happen like that. But if they did, then you'll leave. You might listen to that. I don't think Harry Kane's in danger of going anywhere this summer at all, especially Bayern Munich, with the greatest respect to Bayern Munich. Why would he want to go to Bayern Munich just to win the Bundesliga? For me, if he was going to go somewhere, and I was Harry Kane, I'd go Madrid. And I certainly wouldn't go PSG. Um, I don't get the Bayern Munich links. I really, I really don't. Why he would want to go there, should I say? Um, I, I just don't understand. I don't think he'll be going anywhere, Chris, no. What do you think uh, will happen with the Harry Kane situation, though, Craig? Do you think he will remain a Spurs player next season and then leave on a free transfer next summer? Because if Daniel Levy is not going to accept any bid at all for him this summer, he must, inside, feel that confidence, uh, you know, feel confident that he's going to possibly sign another contract. I, th I think it's... Look, I mean, I think Harry, Harry Kane... This time next year, he's going to have the world's going to be his oyster if he hasn't signed a deal. He's going to have the he's going to have the world at his feet, quite literally. He's going to be able to choose any club if he wants to go. But this season, I do believe that he's probably there's going to be a big part of him want to see how this new project goes and if he's excited by it. If we start to get some better players in, he's got a year left, and he can't talk to any clubs before January. Um, so he's probably going to see how the next six months go. 
And if he likes what he's seeing, I think he's always said if the club's moving in the right direction, he, he will hang around. Um, and I think Postacoglu, one of the first questions he would have asked Daniel Levy is, uh, what about Harry Kane? What's happening with him? You know? And I would imagine Daniel Levy said, well, he's not, he's not being sold. He's not going anywhere. So a lot of factors in play. And with Madison hopefully coming in, they're good mates. He's good mates with Harry Kane as well. So he just no doubt spoken to Harry Kane, you know, asked him what he was going to be doing. So it's, these are all little things. There's always going to be press speculation. I'm not that bothered about it. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced he's going to be staying this season, um, for next season, sorry. So, but, the, you know, this speculation is going to be going right up till the final day of the transfer window unless Tottenham come out and Daniel Levy comes out and says, Harry Kane is not for sale at any price at all. Unless, and, and Kane... <clears throat> he made the murmurings back with that Gary Neville interview a few years ago. He hasn't said anything yet. I know he's on holiday at the moment, but he hasn't said anything. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be worried. I mean, I really wouldn't be worried. I, I'm certainly not. I still, I've just got a feeling he's going to be on that pre-season tour and he's going to be our player next year. So are all three of you saying that you think Harry Kane will be a Spurs player next season and he will see out the full season next season, Yeah. Okay, I'm not so sure. I, I, I tell you, with these things, um, you never know in football. Um, I was very confident up to a couple of days ago about Harry Kane staying, but I just think when when bids come in uh, from big clubs like that, uh, it it perhaps unsettles some players sometimes. And uh, yeah, let's wait and see. Um, next up, let's talk about James Madison. Um, ESPN have just stated that Spurs are now in advanced talks with Leicester regarding the transfer for James Madison. Talks are ongoing about the fee. An Italian journalist and transfer expert Fabrizio Romano has just stated that Tottenham have agreed personal terms with James Madison. Negotiations with Leicester are finally advancing. Daniel Levy is very active on this deal and he's trying to get the deal done as soon as possible. Lee, James Madison, you excited? Well, it's, it's definitely a position that we've wanted, isn't it? It's one we've probably all been shouting about all, all season, last season, with no sort of playmaker and, and so on in the team. Uh, Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, and as Craig said, you know, friends with friends with Kane and that, and if and if that's a, a decent signing and it gives Kane an idea that that we're going in the right direction, then why not? You know, I mean, my only concern, I guess, is the fact that I know um, last season he missed a fair bit of the season with injuries and stuff. So I don't I don't know how, that too much about all that. But but yeah, I mean, for me, it, it's a it would be a good acquisition, a decent player, a, a seemingly a decent price. In a position that we really, we really could do with. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited if, if it goes. But again, I want to wait. I want to see him holding up that shirt and uh, and see the official uh, announcement video coming through before I get too excited because I don't want to get let down because I get let down enough by this club and I want to get let down again um, expecting something to happen that doesn't happen. You know, Lee. Lots of reports have come out stating that Spurs are uh, putting in a bid of around forty million pounds. Leicester want between 50 and 60 million pounds. What is James Madison worth, do you think? 
he's, he's worth what you're willing to pay for him, isn't he? You know, if, if I mean, there's talk about it, about sort of Newcastle wanting him and so on. <clears throat> and if it was all about the money, um, then I think obviously Newcastle could probably do whatever they wanted to do to, to get that get that um, cost in. So it depends on what on what the club's prepared to pay. But, I, you know, I mean, we're just having this debate about Canaan in his last year, uh, you know, yeah. it's 60 million, a, a derisory offer and stuff, you know. But, you know, for me, I would have guessed anywhere between sort of 40 and 50 million would, would be a, a, around the, the right sort of level. When you talk about, when you talk about David Rea, 40 million and so on, then you think, well, in this crazy, crazy sort of transfer markets that we get, it's, you know, it's just, it depends on how much you're prepared to pay, I guess is the answer. But, I, you know, I don't think they're taking the P when they say sort of 40, 50 million pounds. Uh, I think 60 million would probably be a bit mad. Um, you know, 40 million plus a player maybe or, or, or that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know. It depends on, on what they, what the owners and the scouts think he's worth to the club and, and how that fits in with, with the playing uh, style that they're going to go for, and so on, is is that is he is he the player who's going to make that happen, or are there other options? And and that's where you kind of get that balance about whether forty million is too much or not, which we've seen with the goalkeeper, right? Are you confident, though, Lee, that James Madison is going to be that creative spark that we've been missing for so long? Am I confident? Am I confident? From what you've seen, from what you've seen of him playing for Norwich and, of course, Leicester. Are you confident that he's going to bring that creative spark that we've uh, desperately needed since uh, the likes of Christian Eriksen has left the club? Uh, it's a really, it's a, it's a difficult one, Chris. I, I, I really don't know. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so because it's one that we've really needed. But then I thought that would be the same with Ondombele, who, who everyone lauded was going to be great. It was the same with La Celso, again, a, a great player who, who everyone thought was going to be that right player for it. Sometimes a player comes into the club and it clicks and it works. Sometimes they come and it just doesn't. So I, I'm hoping it is. I'm, I'm, and if it's the player that the club want, the manager wants, and he, it's what he's looking for and he feels it's integral, I'm willing to back it and and support him um, and see how it pans out. But am I? I'm not confident in anything. If I'm being honest, I, I wouldn't put my mortgage on it. Put it that way. I, I, I wouldn't do that because I, I so much can can go wrong. You know, he's only got to get an injury or whatever and 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 start off poorly. I mean, we look at Sonny last season how how poorly he played. I mean, he's still still banged in a sufficient amount of goals, but I mean. For a player the previous season who played so well, he can have a he can have an off season and so on. So it, I'm never going to say I'm overly confident. I'm hopeful. Put it that way. Josh, how are you feeling about the potential signing of uh, James Madison? Are you excited? Yeah, he's a good player. I think he's he's homegrown, which is really important for the squad um, and all the stuff you have to fulfil. Um, and, he's, and we, we know what he's capable of. We've seen what he's like in the Premier League. He's caused us problems before. He's exactly what we need and we've begged out for for a long time. Like someone said, he is that finally a replacement for Ericsson, an attacking midfielder, someone that the manager, if the manager's out there and he's looking for an attacking midfielder and he wants to play on the front foot and he wants to play attacking football, I think James Madison is a, is a good choice because he's a, he's a great 
uh, attacking midfielder, and he's and he's shown what he can do in the Premier League. Um, and I think that's quite a fair price, to be honest. And the stars have kind of al- have aligned with Leicester going down. And I think Harry Winks is off potentially to Leicester as well. So there could be a deal done there with a fee plus player. Um, I think potentially the stars have aligned, as I just said. I think we'll get him, hopefully. Again, we have to wait. We have to see the official stuff, as Lee said. Um, but I think I think we might nick him. Uh, and I think that would be a really positive signing and, and, and kind of really be a kind of trademark signing for Big Ange, showing everyone, look, this is what I want to play. I want to play attacking football with attacking midfielders. Here you go, Spurs fans. We're kind of going back to the club philosophy of to dare is to do instead of like to do to dare is to defend under Conte and Mourinho. Like we're 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 moving forward. I feel like we're, we're the club is changing a bit. Um, that's a positive signing. Um, the only thing that worries me, a downside, is that with no disrespect to him, I do feel that he is a bit of a prima donna player. Um, from what I've seen of him, he can be a bit lazy off the ball. He can be a little bit of a passenger. Um, I just, I just hope he has that kind of uh, drive at Tottenham because we saw how Undombele got a lot of slander at Tottenham for kind of not tracking back, like can't be bothered being a bit of a passenger. We we need these players to kind of put in one hundred and ten percent, like we see from Benton Kerr, for example, in midfield, and give it like kind of absolutely knacker themselves on the pitch. That's the only worry, because I think he does give me, well, it's a bit of a weird comparison, but he gives me Delhi vibes. He kind of enjoys the nice things of life. Um, he just gives me that that vibe. But I'm, he's a great player, and I, I would I would love to see him at Tottenham. Greg, how are you feeling about James Madison? Yeah, I'm quite excited about getting him. <clears throat> to be honest, I wanted him when Leicester went in for him when he left Norwich. Um, I really liked him at Norwich and was gutted we didn't we didn't actually push a bit harder for him um, I think it'd be a good signing I think he's a signing as Josh said I think he's a signing that we've all craved since Ericsson left we've never replaced Ericsson um, to have that creative spark in the middle um, putting through uh, balls through to Harry and Sonny I think he's going to be the the keystone in the middle of that 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 midfield, I, I really do. Uh, I think you're gonna, he's gonna be everything's gonna go through Madison. I think in the system that, that Postecoglou wants to play, he's gonna be key. Um, and I think I think he's gonna really really push us on. I think with Bissouma coming back and um, then Bentancur as well, I think the mid that midfield three could could really really um, do well for us. Um, exciting player. I, he always seems to score against us as well, Madison. Uh, it'd be not, it'd be nice for him to be scoring goals for us rather than against us. So, yeah, I, I think I think the probably price tag's probably about right. Forty million plus winks. I, th- I think they'd probably go for that. Perhaps with a few add-ons. I don't think he's worth any more if you're just talking financial than fifty. But I think forty plus winks would be a fair deal. Um, I don't know how long winks has got left on his contract. Is it another year or two years? But look, it's quite clear the club want him off the books. So. Um, it would kind of work for everybody, I think, if, if that deal got done. But yeah, I'm excited about Madison coming in, definitely. Well, that's the next player we were going to discuss, Craig, Harry Winks, because the Daily Telegraph put out today uh, that Leicester are set to move for Tottenham Hotspur midfielder Harry Winks. Negotiations are underway over a potential deal. Um, Lee, do you think Harry Winks to Leicester City would be a good move for him, good move for the club? It just seems to be 
perfect all round for everybody, doesn't it? If they if if this happened. Yeah, I, I, I think a move to the, you know, with no respect to to Winksy, I, you know, I think Championship is a good place for him to come back and rebuild his reputation. I think, you know, he had a terrible time under under sort of Mourinho and all that, and and, and didn't play to his strengths and everything. He's gone over to Italy. Didn't he have an injury over there and, and struggled yeah. a little bit and the team didn't do particularly well and stuff like that. So he's, I guess he probably feels a little bit tainted and he probably wants to go to a club that's got a good opportunity to come straight back up, which Leicester, Leicester have. I mean, they're a decent, well-run club. Um, and so, I, you know, it seems like a good deal for him uh, to go somewhere like that, uh, go back into the championship, regain his abilities and stuff. I mean, I can see a lot of comments in the side there being quite um, uh, dismissive of, of Winksy. But I mean, he was a, he was a good player in the early in the early days. He was de- he was developing very well. Um, and it was just a shame to see how he how it kind of turned out for him. So I'm disappointed for him uh, how it went. And I'd, I'd love to see him actually start to improve again and, and get back to the sort of, you know, the play that he had when he when he first got, got into the team in the first place. So, so yeah, I think, you know, a good a good move for him. And if it, if it helps us get to get Madison, then that obviously makes sense as well, you know. So, yeah, I, why not? Why not? And, and it gets the opportunity to come back to the to the Premiership, hopefully next season or the season after, obviously, if they if they get through, you know, it, it seems like a good option for sure. Yeah, of course, Harry Winks was in the starting eleven when we lost the Champions League final in 2019. Um, Josh, Harry Winks, would you be sad to see him go? Not particularly sad, to be quite honest. I think it's probably time to move on for Harry. Um, yeah, he's been a good servant for the club and it's a shame to see like a, a homegrown lad just kind of peter out and it's all gone a bit pear-shaped for him. Um Got a lot of again. Got a lot of abuse of being sideways passing. Harry Winks loves a sideways pass. Um, hasn't ended very well, and I don't think that's how he would have wanted to end his career at Tottenham. To be quite honest, um, yeah. however, I, I think, like I said, I think it's time to move on. He's not good enough for the club uh, and where we want to go. And with, with absolutely no disrespect, I think we can all agree with that. I, um, He's not the type of player that we, we need, especially with the players that we brought in in midfield, in Benton Kerr, etc. If Madison comes in, we're going to be stacked up to the brim in midfield. Um, so, yes, it's time to, to say goodbyes. Josh, how ruthless do you think we're going to be in this transfer window? Because, in my opinion, I think that this major rebuild that we need this summer, we can't be expecting big money in for players like Harry Winks. They've, they've just got to leave the football club, haven't they? And just get as much money as we can, but not overprice these players so they don't leave. Yeah, I think it's, I, I totally agree with you, Chris. I think it's really important just to kind of cut the, just cut it and let them go kind of thing. Just cut your losses, as you'd say. Kind of, I think we need to kind of uh, be very ruthless. And I don't think we've been ruthless enough yet. I think, like, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but like players like Eric Dyer, I think, again, are in the same uh, position as Harry Winks. I think it's time to move on, time to for fresh blood to come through, new signings to come through to replace them because they've they're like stale bread now. They've been at the club for far too long, and it's and it's causing issues 
and all this. I, I, I'm really interesting. To, uh, I'm really interested to see how Big Ange is going to kind of deal with this player group. The, yeah. the, the, the. I'm not exactly sure what it's called, but that that player group, which is a bit of a clique at Tottenham, I think that needs to be completely disbanded. It's just really odd. Not I've never heard of that at another Premier League club. It's uh, and a very odd thing that's happened at Tottenham. Player too much player power. I think the player, the the, the manager needs to reclaim that power and assert his authority. Um, and I'm sure he will because he, he. I've seen some of the videos of Ange, and he goes mental at, at some at his players from these videos that I've seen. And I actually hope he does that to the, some of these players at Tottenham in the in the dressing room, whatever, because they do need. A metaphorical kick up the arse. Um, I think we need to, yeah, time for Winks to leave, Dyer, Undombele, Lo Celso. Oh, it's just so many of them, Chris. It's, it's, it's going to be a complete, it's, it's, it's almost um, it's such a huge job, and it's going to be a massive job to get in players just to replace them. Because otherwise, we're going to be looking at a bit of a bare bones squad because our squad is full up of so many average football players. You just have to look to our bench this whole season. Some of those benches we've been fielding out are absolutely abysmal. You look at other Premier League teams, and like we've got one of the worst benches in the Premier League, in my opinion. So we're fielding like young young lads, and half the players wouldn't even get in a relegation side, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, we need big, big changes at this football club. Josh, just very quickly, you mentioned Ondombele and Lacelso there, £100 million pounds, uh, between, or both, for both of them. Um, do you think they will be given opportunities under Postacoglu, or do you think that they will, the club will move them on, both of them? New manager, so there's always the potential that he might give them an opportunity to show the new manager what they're kind of they're worth. But we've seen enough of them, to be quite honest. They just don't... We talk about adapting to the Premier League earlier. They've both failed to adapt to the Premier League. I think Giovanni Lo Celso is a great football player, especially in, in, in Spain. He's, he's unbelievable in Spain, but he's not a Premier League player. The, the football is very different um, compared to... It's just not... He's not a physically-based football player. Um, he just can't cope. Undombele, again, can't cope with the, with the kind of intensity of the Premier League compared to... Um, What's it called? Uber Eats French League. Um, so it's a yeah, it's a shame. 100 million. Talk about Harry Kane being worth that's worth 100 million. That's 100 million burn just chucked down the drain. Absolute waste of money. Um, and that kind of sums up over the last couple of years how rubbish our transfers have been and how we how much we need to change that and go in a different direction. And, and hopefully, like we've seen with this Vicario coming in in goal with the kind of statistics based looking at all of the all the stats and I think I saw some stuff online saying with with all of our future transfers we're going to be copying like a Brentford and a Brighton model of looking up all of the the kind of quantitative statistics about players instead of just going oh look at this bloke he's done well at Leon we'll nick him for 65 million pounds um so hopefully we can make a a, a more kind of Based decision making in the in the transfer uh, market, uh, but we we'll have to we we'll have to wait and see. Craig, just before I come to you, our rights on screen now. In the end, Harry Kane is human. He will remember that gentleman's agreement. If not this season, he won't be here next season. Uh, that'd be an interesting situation. Um, Craig, just very quickly um, on Harry Winks, and also wanted to to cover uh, Clement Longley because reports in Spain 
uh, are stating that Barcelona are expecting to sell Clement Longley to Tottenham. Uh, they are stating now eight and a half million pounds. I've seen so many reports on this story. Some are stating as low as three million. Some have stated as high as about 10 million. So, uh, but this deal is expected to be done and Barcelona are desperate to offload him to remove him from their wage bill. Um, Winks uh, possibly going out the door. Clement Longley coming in the door. Yeah. Um, Look, it's time for Winks to go. As Josh said, good servant of the club. Been here since he was seven. Uh, Tottenham boy. Shame it hasn't worked out, but you know, it's time for him to move on for his own sake. He, he needs to play first-team football. He's not going to get it at Tottenham for the reasons we've discussed. That midfield is overloaded as it is. And he, he'd be about sixth, seventh choice, I think, if he if he was to stay with the squad. Um, the stranger things have happened, but I, I just I just think he, he's going to be part of this Madison deal and he'll be uh, he'll be gone. Longley, uh, I've seen it said, you know, if we get him for less than 10... It's good business. You could probably sell him next season for double that. I'm not sure about that myself. Um, I was surprised to learn, I think you said, Chris, how much, what his wages are um, each week. Now, whether that will be adjusted, I would hope so if we sign him because he's clearly not worth what we've been paying him. So the only way that it would kind of make sense for me is if if that wage has been negotiated down a fair whack and he's just a squad player. However, I'm not sure we need... Clement Longley, I've not seen anything in Longley different to Ben Davis, and Ben Davis is obviously going to be staying at the club. So I don't know why we've gone back in for him. I don't understand that at all. I haven't seen anything from him to think that he's wow, he's going to be first choice. I know you need a squad. It's just a funny one for me. Perhaps it's just the fact that the, the deal is so low and they can't, as a club, financially ignore that. They know what they're getting. He's been with us a season. It's rather than taking a risk on somebody that they might want to bring in as a squad player, they're just going to go for long now. That's the only thing I can think of, really, because it makes sound financial sense. It's not very exciting, is it? Let's face it. But, um, you know, there'll be some people out there that think Longley's a good, uh, really decent player that should be pushing for a, for a start each week. So, each to their own, but not for me. He's, he's not the sort of player that we should be signing for the first team, certainly. But as a squad player, oh, I suppose there's an argument there for that. Lee, would you be disappointed if our um, two centre-backs for the start of next season were Romero and Clement Longley? If they were our first choice, I think I'd be devastated, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, um, we've, we've seen it, haven't we? We've, we've seen it. That, listen, I, Romero, I think, great player and stuff. I think there's still work to be done with him in terms of you know, his timing and stuff like that from time to time, <clears throat> it kind of um, leaves a lot to be desired in, in getting those getting those tackles right and, and stuff. As as Craig said, and I did I did chuckle when you asked it because he kind of went, you know, like that, and I and I feel the same. It's 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 really not an exciting prospect, is it? And and I guess that the reason why we would go for Longley and keep Longley depends on what's happening around him. You know, with the dyers and uh, and that kind of uh, situation, Sanchez and um, oh, I can't think of the other guys. Now. Anyway, so um, I think a lot depends around that because at that kind of money, um, I think it would probably make financial sense, as, as Craig says, if you can change his, his wages. Because I, I, I think I read somewhere he was on like 200 grand a week with Barcelona paying sort of half of it. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, 
that's a, that's a huge chunk of money for a player who's essentially been bit part and and, and hasn't really set the set the team alight. He's, he's you know I, I think there's some ability in there. I've seen you know he's some of his passing has been quite good and stuff like that going forward, but defensively he leaves a lot to be desired. And and for me he's he's kind of in there with with Sanchez and Dyer to be honest with you. I'd, I'd, I'd rather see him. I'd rather see him gone and get something new in and, and something stronger than that. Because defense is our biggest is our biggest concern. Um, to be honest with you, we've struggled all we've struggled all last season with it. We were so up and down and all over the place, um, leaking goals left, right, and centre. So that has to be that has to be um, a priority as well. Uh, you know, goalkeeper definitely needed a goalkeeper. Attacking midfielder, yes, we definitely need that. But on top of that, we we desperately, desperately need a couple of good first choice um, central defenders that are gonna that are gonna um, take us forward because without that, it's too stout and too um, uh, leaky for for my uh, for my liking. Is that what you'd be happy with, Lee? Goalkeeper, uh, Vicario, Madison. If we got that one over the line, two centre backs. What and then you're happy? Uh, I'd be happy for as a start of a rebuild. For sure, I, I think they're the they're the bits we need to we need to sort out. I mean, I'd love to I'd love to see uh, another option at, at left back. Um, I'd like to see a, a, another. I know we've got Poro, and I know Emerson kind of started to get a little bit better towards the end of the season, but I'm still not convinced that they're um, the finished article for us. Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to see them playing in a in a stronger defensive team. You know, somewhere where they can kind of go on and express themselves a little bit to really show what they can do. Um, but certainly, as a starting point, I don't think you're going to get it all right in one in one window. You know, it's, it's we've always said it's going to take several windows to get it right. Yeah. But I think the other thing as well around this, it's not just about what we bring in. You know, two central defenders, absolutely goalkeeper, absolutely uh, attacking midfielder, absolutely. But it's also as we've touched upon about what do you do with all the rest of it. That's, that's hanging around all these other players that are in the way and all the rest of it. We need to be moving those players on. And we can tell that there's not an appetite out there to buy those players at that big money. You know, otherwise La Celso would have gone for big money. Um, Don Ballet would have gone for big money. You know, we paid a lot for these players, but that appetite's not there for those guys. Um, so we need, it's what we do with that. You know, how do we free up space? Uh, because it's not just about the first team. It's about, what you can bring in behind it, like like Josh said about you turn around and you look at your bench, you're the manager, you turn around and you look at your bench and you go, uh, what can I do here? You know, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of options in, in there, is there? Unless they're seeing something in the youth setup that's 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 really gonna come through and make a difference. I think, you know, I don't know. But uh, and I think that's why we don't just take the first offer that comes in for some of these players because you've you've got to know what you've got coming in behind it that's gonna replace that. Uh, to give you those options. So, like you asked earlier about, do I, do you see Ondon Bele or Lacelso getting other chances? As a fan, we'd say no. They've had their chances. That's it. You've blown it. Move on. Um, but as a coach, unless you've got something coming in behind that's going to gonna give you enough or give you more, then you might want to take a punt on, on one or two of those. So I think, you know, You'd have to look at the overall the overall squad. Don't forget, we've got players coming back from injury. You know, your your Bissoumas and so on, and Bentacore, obviously. Um, so you kind of have to look at your overall squad depth. But you need to have that depth. That's that's the point I'm trying to make, I guess. 
Yeah, where you mentioned Emerson and Poro uh, there, Lee. Gavin writes, uh, the forgotten man, Jed Spence. It'd be interesting to see what happens for him. Uh, Lappers82 says, uh, Regulon may get a fresh start under Ange Postacoglu. Can I ask you all the same question um, and and, and throw some names at me? Out of all the lone players coming back, and of course the existing squad, where, you know, some players have been dissed by a lot of Spurs fans saying we need to move them on. Do you think during this pre-season, before and during uh, the tour to Australia, uh, Thailand and Singapore, do you think there's going to be any surprise packages uh, where we are going to be really surprised as fans that Ange has actually turned them around due to his coaching style, due to the way that he is, due to the way that he wants them to perform uh, and do things, you know, certain things in games? Do you think that we're going to be surprised by anybody on Dombele? Perhaps he can, uh, you know, do something that we haven't seen before. Josh, who do you think? Yeah, I, I, was just, I was just thinking in my head, I think it would be so funny, wouldn't it, if we go into the new season and we start that first game, we've got like La Celso and Ndombele playing. That would just make me laugh. Um, I just think we've got so many players, Chris. And people commenting, you've got Regulon, Gill, Brian Hill, like Spence, yeah. Ndombele, La Celso. We're at, we've got a stacked squad. Um, he's got a lot to, to deal with. And he's got a lot well, in front well, of him. He's got a lot just, of decisions to make. I was saying, Josh, um, yesterday I put a video out and, and I named 10 players because there were loads of reports coming out and it said Spurs could offload these 10 players. And then I thought, well, Eric Dyer wasn't there. Brian Hill wasn't there. It was, there, there were so many players. You think you could actually name 15, 16 players possibly could leave the football club this summer. Probably won't happen. It's too much of a rebuild, but it's probably what we need to happen. But as you say, there are so many players on our list that, that could possibly go out the door. I agree. And it's it's difficult to kind of pick ones out that are going to go. Like you, you think about Undombele, was it Napoli? They're not, I don't think they're going to sign him on a permanent. He was obviously there on loan, but I don't think they're going to sign him on a permanent. I've heard rumblings of uh, Lo Celso, how he's liked by quite a lot of clubs. He's liked by, from what I've seen, I think Villa want, wanted to have a look at him. That's gone yeah. a bit quiet. Barcelona liked him. He was obviously at Villarreal. They really liked him. He used to play for Real Betis, potentially could return there. Um, Gil obviously did very well at Sevilla, going back to Sevilla. Um, could they come back in for him? And then that would be a real ridiculous thing, wouldn't it? We give them Lamella and we get Gil and then we give them back Gil. Very odd. Um I don't know who else there is, to be honest, Chris. I mean, Regulon, I, I personally like Regulon. I think he was a pretty good left-back. I, I, he got a bit of abuse and a bit of kind of hoo-ha online, but I, I, I quite liked him as a football player. I thought he always did his job. He, he struggled with his with his shooting. He missed quite a few chances. But as a left-back under Mourinho, I was quite impressed with him, and I, I quite liked him. Um and and there was yeah I thought I, I liked him and there was some funny things online why people liked him at the football club as well which I won't go into <laughs> but um yeah there's there's so many there's so many players Chris and and it'll be very interesting this summer to see who is shipped off and who stays and who's going to be given a second chance and who you might see in Australia as I know you're you're flying out there soon some of these players might be playing out there pre season so you'll have to keep us updated and and. Tell us he's, he's playing pre-season. Craig, who do you think the surprise package will be? I think there'll be a few, to be honest, the, the, especially the lone ones. I mean, Udogi, Udogi, I think he's a shoe in to be 
pushing for a start at left back. So even though it's weird because he's been on loan, I don't see him as a loan player. It's almost like a new signing, even though he's technically been our player for a year. So I think he's a shoe in. Um, Spence, I really want to see given some minutes. Um, be interested to see how he would get on um, under uh, Postacoglu's system. Look, it could be that because he, he was brought in as a wing back, it could be that he just can't play as a right back. Um, so we'll see. Or you might see him as a pushing a bit further up the pitch. Could be another option, like a bit like Poro, you know. Um, Winks, I think, will go out. I think Tanganga needs to go. Um, who else has been on loan? Brian Kill, Gill is he's a funny one. Obviously, he hasn't adapted to the Premier League. Quite clearly, wants to stay in Spain. And to be honest, I'd just get rid of Brian Gill if if he if he just doesn't want to be in England. Doesn't seem like a lad that kick up a fuss, but it's quite clear he, he's happier back in Spain. Uh, I'll just let him go back and try and get some money for him. It's just not worked. Um, who else is on loan? Dombele, that's a funny one. I think we all would love Ndombele. He's, he's like that. You just really want him to come good. Not Nothing to do with the amount we paid for him. It's just that we can all see how talented the guy is and what, what he could be if he really committed himself to doing the job. Um, I'd love, there is a small part of me, that, well, there's a big part of me, that I'd love to see Tongi come good and give him another go. But I'm just not sure. I don't know how that one's going to go. Postacoglu's, from what I understand, he doesn't like lazy players, and, and Dombele is the <laughs> is the typical lazy player, isn't he? So that'll be interesting. Lacelso, I'm not really bothered either way. I'd rather him go, to be honest with you. I don't think um, he's anything special. I've never thought he was anything special. So I'm not sure he will be given a go. Although, again, I could be wrong. Um, who else have we got on loan? Who haven't I covered? Joe Roden, I'm not sure about him. I think he'll be sold. Uh, who else is on loan? Christ, Regulon. I'm like, I'm like Josh. I always rated him as a left back. I thought he was a pretty decent player. Not not like the top top player, but I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, he might get a look in. He may well get a look in. He might have a look at him on pre season. Who knows? And then if he doesn't like it, then then move him on. Um, who else, Chris? Who else we got on loan? Oh, Scarlett and um, oh, who's the other Stop Parrot? Um, probably take both of them. I'd imagine never look at them, but possibly go back on loan. I'd like to see Alfie Devine given a chance, even though he's technically on loan, but he will be perhaps be loaned if he's not part of the um, first team next year. I think that'd be good for him. Is that covered everyone? Possibly? Yeah. Have I forgotten anyone? Yeah. So that's my loan roundup for this, for this show. That's my opinion. Lee, are you surprised that we haven't appointed a director of football yet? Because... On most episodes that I put out on a daily basis, there are so many Celtic fans that now watch this channel because of Ange Postacoglu. And so many Celtic fans put the replies as, Ange Postacoglu is your director of football. You don't need one. Ange Postacoglu will do all of the work. And as we have said already, uh, Daniel Levy is now on the negotiations with the likes of the James Madison deal. Would you expect that Spurs are going to appoint a director of football? Because, of course, Scott Munn, and Postacoglu, all of his new coaching staff that we'll talk about in a minute, they're all starting this Saturday on the 1st of July. Um, am I surprised? No, not really. I, I, I wonder, if I'm being honest, how much 
you've still got Paratici in the background. You know, I don't, I can't see that you just cut ties just like that. I know you might have to do it under the table sort of thing, but I, I'd be surprised if, if there isn't that. And you've got the Scott Munn thing happening and, and uh, Postacoglu coming in. I, I guess they, they want to make sure they've got their manager in um, and then kind of build from there. But I, I think there's stuff that they have to think about from that point of view. But so, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not surprised uh, that there isn't. Um, but anything can happen in this in this bloody club, can't it? You know, and I'm not surprised that, that Levy can't keep his fingers out of the negotiation. But, you know, there you go. What are you laughing at? Have I done something wrong here? Is, is someone standing behind me taking the piss? Because you lot are laughing and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Josh, are you confident that we're going to appoint a director of football? Oh, maybe someone in the comments thinks that you could be the director of football, Chris. You get all these comparisons. Someone <laughs> just said Chris looks like <laughs> looks like Ange. It just made me laugh. One of the, <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, I, I agree. I think it was either Craig or Lee. I can't remember now. But I feel like Paratici is still in the in the kind of shadows. He, uh, someone said in the comments section uh, uh, a couple of minutes ago or about half an hour ago, um, that this Vicario, he, he had a look at him a while ago and, and liked the look of him. So us mate going for him, obviously Italian league, Paratici's kind of playground. He loved that. He, he loved the player from Syria. Um, he, he's got his fingers all over it, in, in my opinion. Um, he, he could be, I think I saw online that he was advising the club in some advisory role. So he could be in the shadows a bit. I don't know if he can come back, Paratici, with all this criminal kind of mafia stuff that's gone on with him, um, with all the dodgy dealings and the, and the fraud and stuff. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, will there be another director of football? Has, I mean, I, I can't lie. Paratici has done quite a decent job. Like, bringing in um, Romero, like, I think that was, was that was that, that was Paratici, wasn't it? Or was that, that was, I can't remember now, but bring in Benton Kurt and Kulusevsky. That was his kind of master stroke. That, I think that was really positive for the club and how that transformed our year two, two seasons ago now. That was brilliant from Paratici. And if he can do that again in other transfer windows, if he came back, I would, I would, I'd like to have him. Um, is there anyone else that I could think of? Not really off the top of my head, other directors of football. At the end of the day, Daniel Levy loves getting involved. He's always going to get involved. Like you said, Chris, time and time again, oh, Daniel Levy is negotiating for Madison. Daniel Levy is doing this. Daniel Levy's doing that. He's just never going to stop him. Like He just loves it. Um, so there's probably no point having a director of football. He may as well appoint himself as director of football and then be like, his, his, his job uh, description should be, call his Daniel, director of football. I mean... Just give him the title, to be honest. Well, talking about the signings, Josh, um, Vicario, um, Fabio Prasci was actually um, inquiring about him in January. And, of course, he was a huge fan of James Madison. Um, so do you think that both of these could be club signings again? I know, I know obviously, um, Ange Postacoglu has spoken to uh, Vicario last week, um, but the, the wheels were in motion already. Yeah, and yeah, it's. I find it very difficult, Chris, to kind of with our club. You don't know what's the difference between club signing, manager signing, kind of director of football signing. 
we need more kind of clarity, I feel, with, with Ange coming in. And like I've seen stuff saying uh, in the comments section, people saying, oh, this goalkeeper, he's not an Ange, he's not an Ange signing. The wheels are in motion. You can't say, oh, this is the beginning of a new era. This is Ange wanting an attacking goalkeeper good with good feet because he was already scouted by the club. So it's like, oh, we just need some clarity at Tottenham. We need to know who wants who. Who is it's like Jed Spence. We never Jed Spence was not Conte signing. It was clearly a club signing. We can't have that um kind of what's the, the, the conflict between a manager and the and, and, and Daniel Levy and a director of football. We need one clear vision with a, a team of people that actually put the club forward and there's not going to be players who are brought in and then completely isolated and it's going to be a waste of money like Jed Spence and he doesn't get any game time. We need the manager to make the decisions or the director of football to work with the manager and make the decisions and for Daniel Levy to stop getting involved. So that's the thing that I think, Chris. Now, as I said, um, Ange Postacoglu starts his job officially this Saturday on the 1st of July. Um, Craig, let's come to you because early... Uh, on Tuesday morning, um, Ange Postacoglu's coaching staff was confirmed by Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. The club welcomes Chris Davis, uh, Mile um, Jedanak to the club. Rob Birch is back to join the club as uh, goalkeeping coach, Ryan Mason and Matt Wells. What do you make of uh, Postacoglu's coaching staff? Um, any surprises there for you? Uh, no, because he, he doesn't. What is surprising is he doesn't bring a team with him, like um, you know Pochettino, Mourinho, Conte. He's interesting that it kind of comes on his own. It's a really different way of of doing things, mm. isn't it? It's almost like an yeah. old-fashioned way of doing it. So, but it's obviously worked for him. Um, I think it's good that Ryan Mason is still there. That might be an unpopular opinion, but I think he'd be a good transition. He's a good. He's going to be good for. Um, Postacoglu to get into and tell him everything he needs to know. You know, Mason's Mason's deeply ingrained in the club. He knows uh, everything there is to know. So I think that's going to make the transition a lot easier for him. Um, It's perhaps this fresh approach, fresh people the manager's working with, perhaps that does work. Perhaps there's something to be said for that. Um, As I say, it's worked for him everywhere else. So um, is Gianni Vio still on the payroll, Chris, or is he or is he gone now? Because I know he stayed on, didn't he? He's not on there, and apparently his contract ended, or, or does end, at the end of this month. Okay, okay. Because I think uh, what, that he was the biggest success out of the Conte, uh, Conte era staff, right? You could argue, obviously, getting him fourth was a, was a success, but I think Gianni V, I think everybody loved the work that he did, so that's a shame that, he's, uh, that we've lost him, but um, but yeah, you know, I, I think if he's had a hand in choosing these people, um, which you'd hope he has done, then again, I come back to it, you've got to trust it. You've got to trust it. And to be honest, Chris, I'm not seeing it that you look like Postacoglu. I'm not seeing that one. Um, I don't know. I think people think that you morph into uh, every single manager and like <laughs> have the surgery and grey hair to look like I didn't don't think you look like Conte when he was there and certainly not Nuno. No. I, I got all the Nuno stuff. So um so so yeah I'm not seeing the likeness. I'm not seeing the likeness. Well we we, we always have look alike he's uh, you know the amount of comments we have uh, telling us who we look like is uh, I can't repeat some of them, sorry. <laughs> 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 on that note, Lee, let's come to you. <laughs> let's not, let's not go there. 
and Lappers, <laughs> Lappers, Lappers can mind his own business. I'll, I'll blow your kiss now, Pat Lappers. Mwah, I love you, but don't keep me saying things like that. On the uh, on the coaching me. on the coaching staff, Lee, are, are you impressed with uh, Anne Postecoglou's coaching staff? Mate, listen, I don't know enough about it. Ultimately, if he's picked these people for these specific roles, then that makes sense to me. You've got to pick your team. You've got to have the people around you you want. If someone's saying something else. Anyway, the only one, I, the only one I'm a little bit um, surprised about, or well, not surprised, but I think it's probably a bad move for him, is, is Mason. I think if, if, if Ryan Mason really wants to be a manager, then he really needs to get out there and, and, and be a manager. Uh, rather than just waiting around to be the next interim manager again. Because uh, I, I worry that he could end up getting sidelined and pigeonholed. Um, so for me, I think that's a, it's a shame for him. Um, but I do think he brings something to the coaching in terms of transition and stuff like that um, and support for a new manager coming in, knowing who the players are, what their temperaments are like, what works for one that doesn't work for another. Because ultimately, whilst we see these as football players, as athletes, professionals and so on, they are still people and they are young people. Like for someone like me, they're, they're young people, right? Um, and it's a, and you've got to think about the era they're brought up in, their life experiences and all that kind of stuff. And, and someone who's been with them through that journey is probably someone very useful to have around. But, but I still think, you know, at some point, Ryan needs to, to, to sort of strike out on his own. I hope he gets a good opportunity at some, at some point. But he, again, he is a very young guy, so there is plenty of time for him, I guess. But yeah, so uh, listen, if 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 Postecoglou, you you know, your lookalike um, wants them, then I, you know, I, I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah, and that one, see, I don't see that one either. I don't even know who Phil Jupiter is. is so Phil Jupiter, Frank Lebeuf. Well, Lebeuf, more like. Well, Chris Davis um, actually comes in as the senior assistant coach. He's worked at Swansea, Liverpool, Celtic and Leicester. Um, and to go back to your point about Ryan Mason, Lee, it, it does just seem like a Premier League thing that um, Premier League clubs, particularly Tottenham, always like somebody who knows the club to be on the coaching staff with a new boss. Uh, of course, Ryan Mason. Very young, still learning. And uh, I think he'll add a lot to uh, Postacoglu's coaching staff. Um, Josh? Um, what do you think of the appointments? Interesting. I think getting that uh, ex-Crystal Palace guy in, uh, the Australian Yed in that, is that how you say it? He, he's got a nice, he's got a big beard, hasn't he? Um, I, I, I don't know if he's done any coaching stuff. I remember him as a football player. I think he was a midfielder. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what he's, he's done. He's coached at the Aston Villa Academy <laughs> and he's also been um, a loan development coach at Aston Villa. I'm oh, sorry, sorry, you've got me giggling sorry. now. <laughs> what's what's um, the beard got to do with it? Is that... I, I, it's just, he's a scary looking, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's, oh, gonna, right. he's, he's not going to... He's not... Oh, yeah, I, I look. Yednak, interesting. Um, obviously goes with the Australian theme at Tottenham with, with Ange. Um, this guy from Leicester, I'm not sure, sure of his name yet. What, what's that, Craig? Is it? Is it Craig? It's not Craig, is it? His name, Chris. Who, who are we talking about? The Leicester assistant manager who's come in um, as as Ange's number two. Chris Davis. Chris Davis. No, that's not Craig. Sorry, I was getting confused. They've got Chris Davis, Craig Dearman, Chris Cowling. There's so many. 
Um, yeah, that's an interesting Home. one because <laughs> I think that's interesting because um, Madison that works with Madison if he comes in, he, he might they might might know each other. There's a bit of a connection there. Um, yeah. We just talked about Ryan Mason. Look, I think Ryan Mason. I'm going to stick my head out there and, and say I think Ryan Mason is a potential future. Uh, Tottenham manager, permanent manager, and I, and I hope to see him in, in like when I'm a bit older to be a Tottenham manager because I think he's he's Tottenham through and through, and he's I think he's quite talented. I think some of the football we played under him has been quite impressive. Other games, not so much. I'm sure we can all think of some shockers that we've had under Ryan Mason, but I don't think that's particularly his fault as a manager. Um, so yeah, I see him as a potential future Spurs manager. Um, I agree with what you said earlier. I think he should probably get himself out there to a championship. Uh, and, and get some managerial proper experience. Um, but maybe he sees on his uh, development path that he wants to keep it Spurs. I can't, I can't do this if you're laughing. He might want to stay at Spurs, do you know what I mean? And he might want to develop at Tottenham and then just he sees his path at Tottenham. He wants to stay at Spurs and he wants to become the Tottenham manager through, through, through Tottenham. Laugh <laughs> 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 Last question, you all. Last question. If anyone's listening on audio, I'm sorry that there are a number of funny uh, comments coming in here that we can't read out. Um, last question for you all. Um, how many players would you like to see Spurs sign in this summer transfer window? And how many players do you think we will sign in this summer transfer window? Craig, let's start with you. Um, look, I'd love to see us sign about eight players and get rid of ten. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're looking at possibly five uh, coming in. Uh, I know we did six last seat, last summer. Oh, I'd be asking a lot to do that, even though we all know that we probably need it. Um, I think it's going to be difficult. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I, to be honest, I could I could see 10 coming in and 10 leaving. That, that, that would be a kind of ideal. I think that's what needs to happen. But then again, we need to shift more than we get in, to be honest with you. So, so yeah, I think we'll probably get five in. I'll be disappointed if we didn't get five new new signings in. We still need two centre-backs. I don't count Longley as a centre-back because he was already there. We still need two more. Because if Dyer goes, Tanganga goes, if Sanchez goes, at least you're going to need at least two replacements. Um, so, yeah, at least five, Chris, in total. Um Probably six, possibly six, sorry. What about you, Lee? I can't can't concentrate with some of these comments coming through. But, um, yeah, for me, I, I, I think we absolutely, as a minimum, need four. I, I think we need the goalkeeper. I think we need um, Madison or that sort of player and two centre-backs. I think if we don't have that, I think we're... Uh, I think that's a problem uh, for me. Um, I'd like to see more than that. You know, I'd like to see five or six, but I think four is a, an absolute minimum. Um, but as I said earlier, I think, uh, <laughs> stop it. I think the, the, the amount that we get rid of is, is more important. I think we need to clear a lot of deadwood and make space for a, a longer-term rebuild. And I think it's going to be a long-term project to do it. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I totally agree. I think we're not going to fix everything in one window. We've all got to kind of think of that. It's going to be a long, long project. It's going to take, I don't know, that's another question for you all. I mean, how many windows is a rebuild? That's that's a big question for the club and for us fans to kind of deal with. Um, 
because it feels like we're always kind of rebuilding, bringing in players and then chopping and changing recently with all these new managers. We just need to stick with one philosophy under Ange and go from there and build this attacking philosophy. And I reckon two, three, four, after about three transfer windows, so we're looking at next summer, end of next summer, we should be able to see a big transformation, hopefully, if Ange stays on. Because he can get in, a, a, like, I don't know, four or five players. That would be a really good summer, I think, four or five players. And then maybe one or two in January. And then another four or five in next summer. We're looking at a big change at Tottenham Hotspur. And I totally agree with what Lee said. The outgoings are more important. We've got a clear way. We've got to shift out the deadwood and just get rid of all these players that are just wasting, one, wages, and two, they're causing problems in the club with all different, we're in the changing room and and there's lots of cliques, like I said earlier. We need to stop that from happening. We just need the manager to assert his authority, change the team, bring in an attacking philosophy with players that actually care and are going <laughs> to... I can't. Who's I can't. Dennis Roussos? Somebody said it looked like Dennis Roussos. Who's that? I've heard of him. Must be bald. It's shocking. I've never, I've been on it. I've come on so many times. This is the funniest it's ever been in the comments section. I always read the comments. Rolf Harris? (laughs) Rolf Harris? None of that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. It's the Australian theme. On that note, Craig, thanks so much for coming on this evening. Uh, Tell everyone where they can find you on social media, what you're up to at the moment. Uh, yeah, absolute pleasure to come on as always. Um, ha- happy to be everybody's looky-likey. So next time I'm on, try and try and think of other other ones. They do do make me laugh. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at DM9. It'd be lovely to get a follow. Uh, always good to. I try and interact with as many people as possible. So hope you enjoyed the show. There's going to be many more throughout the summer with the wonderful world of Tottenham Hotspur. No doubt, this is going to be. A roller coaster again, so strap yourselves in, it's going to be fun. Thank you so much, Craig. And Josh, thanks so much no for worries. coming back. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on my Instagram, Josh Cowum, Josh underscore Cowum. Um, someone said, Oh, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit late for me to be up on a school night. Um, no, I, fin- <laughs> I was like, Whoa, um, yeah, I've, I've finished my second year at uni, so no more school for me. Uh, nice, holi- ho- nice holiday for me now um, with all this nice weather and uh, just to put it out there I'm definitely not getting groomed uh, by anyone in this chat I think people are saying in the chat that I'm in big trouble um, <laughs> but but no uh, but yeah thank you very much for having me on Chris it's always a pleasure to come on and it's nice to see everyone in London and have a few pints uh, and uh, when we did the meet up that was uh, I really enjoyed that um, so yeah thank you very much Chris Vladimir Putin now, somebody's going to say I look like. Well, Lee, we've got we've got another one, Sinbad from Brookside, for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that. Sinbad, that's a little fat, that's a little fat fella, isn't it? Uh, I suppose I could, I could, I could see that. I guess. <laughs> I see that. Some of these ain't very nice, though, are they? Oh, I've never been, I've never been barracked as much as I have today. You know, I, you know thanks a lot, everybody. I love you all too. <laughs> Well, I'm going to say, Lee, tell everyone where they can find you and your wonderful work on YouTube if they want to see Sinbad. 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, Leader Dorset Spur. I'm on all of the all of the socials. Um, I'm actually I'm actually nine people away from 1,500 subscribers on YouTube, which is massive for a fat old git like me. Um, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm really I'm really chuffed. So if there's nine out nine of you out there that wanna wanna come on on and and talk about Sinbad from from Brookside or, or the bloke from KFC or Phil Jupiter or whatever else it was. Then uh, do come along, do come along and give me some abuse on there. I, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be uh, most entertaining. Thanks very much. Well, we have all the characters on this channel, so great, Josh Lee. Thanks so much for your time. Let's hope that Spurs can get this James Madison deal over the line very, very soon, and we'll be discussing yet another incoming transfer. Enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com botox cosmetic out botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.